0: We are two queer femme nerds of color who use humor and fun to take your favorite convention's diversity panel and turn it into a year-round conversation. I'm Noelle. I'm Justine. And we have a special guest. Can you please introduce yourself?
1: Hi, my name is Amaya J. Thanks for having me. Yay! Thank
0: you for being here, Amaya J. We are so excited to have you here. And would you like to introduce yourself, your name, your pronouns, how you identify,
2: and what's making you happy right now?
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, my name is Maya J. Um, pronouns are she, her. I am a Black, queer, femme, sex worker, uh, nerd, yes. <laughs> All um, occasional stripper, mm. um. And you know, advocate trying to make the world a better place. So awesome!
0: <laughs> we love it. We love the intersectionality, all of it, exactly. Whole...
1: Yeah. And what's bringing you joy right now, Amaya J? Um, I just forgot two more uh, identifications. I always do this: kinky and polyamorous. Jesus! Always Hell yeah! That. It's all of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is bringing me joy right now? Dancing. Um, I just like redid my room to include my handy dandy pole. Um, So I've been dancing a lot and that's been making me very happy.
2: Oh my gosh, that's so great. And we are so happy that you're joining us on the podcast today. Uh, We would love throughout the podcast, our listeners will discover who more about who you are and the type of work that you do. But let's begin with the first word in our podcast title, Fandom. So tell us how all of those identities intersect with your fandom journey.
1: How and when did your Mm. fandom journey begin? Oh, man. So I would say, I mean, it depends which fandom we're talking about. But um,
2: start from the top. Give us the the whole picture. The whole shebang. The
1: whole shebang. Um, (laughs) I mean, I've always been into animation of some sort um I didn't get into actual anime I tried when I was a kid um but when I was younger and all my friends are watching it I didn't have steady internet for until I was a little older um and then I remember I was trying to get into anime um around the time when like Adult Swim kept like changing all the times of the anime and I was Mm. trying to watch FMA specifically and they kept changing it and I'm like I can't keep up when you keep changing the times. This is already late. I'm supposed to be sleep. Quote, unquote, sleeping. Sleeping, you never slept. Um, but yeah, so I didn't get into N12 uh, really until I was a little bit older, but I got into K-pop when I in like 2006. Yeah. The, really? golden the, the golden age literally the golden
3: age
1: literally my first song that i got me into um k-pop was super junior you which was like the oh my gosh what a throwback but yeah so i mean you know how it goes once you start it's kind of over um <laughs> <laughs> down the rabbit hole down the rabbit hole Um, back when YouTube actually had good recommendations (laughs) and like algorithm wasn't messed up. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that was, that was really early. Um, so yeah, I feel like ever since then, it's just been a little bit, a little bit of everything. I've also dabbled in video games when I was younger, getting more into that now as I'm older. Cool. Um, So yeah. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. And what would you say your main fandoms are right now? At present day, Amaya J, what are her favorite mm-hmm.
3: fandoms?
1: Oh, I mean, definitely anime, even though I still consider myself um, kind of a noob because I'm really bad at watching things in general. Same. Um, <laughs> but definitely anime and like the whole culture, um, you know, not just anime, but Japanese culture, Asian culture in general. Um, I've been super into, uh, especially with food and language. I've been learning Korean for quite some time now. Ooh, um, cool. So yeah, I would say that's my main one. Oh, oh, K-pop too. They're 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 up there. They're both there, but yeah, K-pop is pretty. high, I am not gonna lie.
2: Yeah. Any particular uh, groups that you're really really into at this moment?
1: I mean, my ultimate group is shiny.
2: Same, um, honestly. You biased.
1: Oh, it depends on the day. depends <laughs> on the era of Shy. Depends on the era. That is true. That is very true. Um, and also like who has like solo projects going on at the time. It's usually whoever is doing something solo, because I see them a bit more. Um, but yeah, I don't think I have them. A- I love them all so much. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say anything. Well, me and Tayman are the same age, so oh shoot. Yeah. I literally grew up with him because i i remember Aww. seeing their debut stage um because it was it was may 25th 2008 um, <laughs> and i remember like seeing it came out on youtube a couple hours later and like going to school on monday talking to my friend who was also into k-pop i'm like oh my god did you see shiny like we need to talk about this <laughs> they <laughs> are amazing
2: oh my god I remember Shiny was also one of my gateway groups. And I remember distinctly watching the super grainy video. It was, I think it was a showcase they were doing. It was super, super grainy. Uh, they did Run It by Chris Brown. And then <gasps> yes. he and Timon did a solo to do it well by yes. Jennifer Lopez. Oh, so good. <laughs> yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, also, speaking of uh, anime and everything, too. Amaya J, you and I actually met through Anime Expo. Yeah, uh, we were both in the cast of AX May Cafe. Mm-hmm. What, like three years ago? And here we are, a full circle, doing
1: our own weeaboo things, yes. our own weeaboo projects. <laughs> yes, oh, I love it. Yeah, that was so. That was a great time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Anime Expo, I miss it miss cons in general but yeah that was a that was a really fun time i remember um going to rehearsals this was back all oh, rest in peace uh Kenji's dojo yeah oh, in Monterey yeah. Park. Oh. yeah monterey park that's where we had our rehearsals oh that was so such a nice time it was my first year i didn't know anybody there I don't know if you did, but I didn't know anyone. I didn't even know like what May Cafe was about. I just saw there was a dance audition. And yeah. And I could go to the Anime Expo for free. And I was like, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Where do I sign up? Period. Right.
1: Yeah. That's it.
2: It's so wild, too, because like Noelle and I also, we knew of each other, but we actually met and got close also through Anime Expo. Yes. Also as performers for After Hours.
0: So essentially, um, Anime Expo is what's connecting all of exactly. us. Exactly. Yeah. At the moment. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> we love that. Yeah. So um Maya, when um, when and how did you start cosplaying?
1: Oh, I mean, I feel like I started cosplaying when I really started going to conventions, mm-hmm. which was when I started to go to Anime Expo. Before, um it was just something that I saw my friends do. I didn't really go to conventions, and then also, I moved to California in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and before Anime Expo and Made Cafe, I didn't really have a lot of friends um, that were into anime, mm-hmm. and so I didn't want to like go to like conventions and do all of that by myself. So mm-hmm. I never, I never really did it um until until anime expo and you know and like when you get a group of people that like doing stuff you know have this similar interest and like doing stuff we there's a lot of group cosplays (laughs) everyone will like throw an idea like oh my god does anybody want to do this and that kind of got me started was was group cosplays with fellow maids in anime expo not too long ago
0: what was your first group po- cosplay besides um, Maid Cafe?
1: Oh, what was it? It was. I know my first year, I don't think I cosplayed. But the next year, po- I think it was Pokemon related. I did, <sighs> I've did. i done so many Pokemon. That's like a majority of my uh, cosplay <gasps> uh, repertoire is Pokemon. Oh, my gosh. Um, yes.
0: Which Pokemon have you done? I've done know.
1: Arbok, um, and I've done a few Umbreon's because that's my fave. Umbryons Ooh. Umbryons. Ah! So, yeah. It, it has to be one of those. One of the most recent ones, which is super-duper cute, we did, um, it was called Poke Idols. And so we were all different Pokemons, but, like, dressed as idols. That's so And cute. this was last year, um... It was a lot of us. I want to say it was like 15-ish of us. We, like, got the whole evolution line. (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) God. Yes. Yeah. And so, like, we went down to the floor during the very little time we had during break. And we, like, went to, like, you know, where they have the photos, Uh the photo stations. Um, Right. One of them was a stage. And um, last year in Anime Expo, we all had to learn, like, the same dance. Um, whether or not you are a dancer, we learned the same dance called Happy Happy Morning. Sure, you know, maybe you know it, but um, yeah. So we did that, and then we went on like the stage um, little thing and Anime Expo, and we like performed Happy Happy Morning in our cosplays on Aww. the the expo floor, which was That's really so cute. dope. Uh, yeah, we we got some uh, we got some attention from some little kids that would, like ah. It was so, so, wholesome. It was so wholesome, so wholesome. I'm like, this is why we do this. This
2: is why exactly. we cosplay. Oh my gosh! And honestly, like, props to y'all because group cosplays take so much planning and coordination and motivation throughout the year, and especially mm-hmm. since you were doing that on top of being part of May Cafe. That's a lot, and that's a hectic schedule. So kudos to y'all for sticking to it and putting on a great show.
3: Yeah, and so awesome. Yeah,
2: definitely most definitely so when you introduced yourself you mentioned that you identify as a sex worker Mm -hmm. so if you could share with our listeners what what does that entail for you and how did you kind of start and get into it
1: Mm. um i would say i've been doing sex work ever since i was an adult um And to be honest, as I was thinking about it, I feel like I got into it as a way of, like, reclaiming myself and reclaiming my sexuality. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, unfortunately, all of my sexual firsts were taken from me. And Mm -hmm. so... That was that was kind of my way of saying, well, if people want it that bad that they're gonna take it, I'm going to charge for it, essentially. You know, if, if that right. is what they want. And so it was kind of like a, a a reclaiming, like a liberating thing, kind of taking charge of something that I had lost. Um and yeah that's how it started I was started doing it definitely when I was 18 um dabbling a little bit and like escort stuff um mainly that was most of it for a long time and then recently into stripping um and then by the time this episode comes out my only fans will be up so yes. Yes. So it's it's been a long time, and uh, it's honestly, sometimes it's been as a means of survival um, mm. because it's hard to get a job, uh, and I had to make money. So I'm like, well, this I can do this. I can do it well. Mm. Um, I've been doing it for forever, and I see nothing wrong with it. So, you know, it's always been on and off since I was 18. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um,
0: honestly, as someone who has also dabbled in sex work, um, I understand that. Um, well, for me, it was kind of also on and off, and it was uh, there's like a lot of um, battles with yourself, and then also battles with clients, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's it. There's a lot of questioning. Like, man, is this still worth it? Or like, or like, am I making sure that I'm like, you know, valuing my worth? Like, am I charging enough for <laughs> what I'm worth? You know, mm-hmm. like you're essentially a businesswoman. You know,
3: mm-hmm. it,
0: it's a business. It's like it's it's your livelihood. So it's it's a lot more. I feel like it's it's like the same. I'm sorry. I'm like, this is like a weird segue. Not even a segue. It's just like a random thought. But it's like, you know how like with, with gamers and streamers, like um, male streamers are always like, oh, it's easy for girls because... You're yeah. a female, so that means you're automatically going to be successful in that field. But that's not always the case. Same with, like, sex work. Is like, oh, just because you have a femme-presenting body, it means that you're going to get a lot of work and you're going to make a lot of money when that's not always entirely the case. Like, you know, it's a lot of work to be put in in order to present yourself, in order to, like, um, protect yourself as well. You know, like, there's mm-hmm. so many things in place that you have to set down and... And it's like, it's work. It's legitimate work. So yeah. mm-hmm. um, I'm glad that you're here with us. And mm-hmm. so let's just segue. We were just talking about cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I ended up over there. I just wanted to appreciate you and what you do. So <laughs> um, speaking of cosplay, uh, how did cosplay and sex work influence each other in your career in your personal life however it was
1: um well i feel like cosplay is just now coming into play into my um into like sex work mm-hmm. uh, before it wasn't a thing well i didn't really cosplay before uh, but now there are a couple of pictures out there and so people are like "Ooh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a thing um but it, i feel like it also has it kind of goes hand in hand into like role play, uh, which is something that I'm into as well. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, they're just it's kind of like interchangeable. You know, it's role play, cosplay. Um, it's just happened. It just happens to be from a fandom instead of like a generic nurse or a teacher or something like right. that. You know, and it also makes it more fun and personable. I think and relatable. People love when they see their favorite character. You know, right? Or a hot girl,
0: right? It's like a fanfic, but you're like in front of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. like it's like excerpt fanfic. Yeah, yeah, no pun intended. YN, <laughs> I'm so <laughs> like imagine like okay, I'm now thinking about certain cosplays <laughs> that would oh yeah okay anyway
2: What, what <laughs> do you have any cause plans for your only fans or for this <gasps> side that you're kind of exploring now
1: ooh um, yeah I'm mean, gonna I have a couple of ideas mm-hmm. um, well my main thing is I'm definitely like a mommy doll that's like I guess that's my niche but that is like who I am in general mm-hmm. um so that'll be like a consistent thing. But um, I, so I'm doing like a virtual birthday party in a couple of days. Since my birthday was a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I I got a, um, a princess costume for my, the princess that I share my legal name with um and so i'm like it's real it's a nice costume oh it is really nice um and so i'm like i i gotta do a whole thing with this oh <laughs> yeah it is high quality um so there's that um i i feel like i really want to do some video game stuff since i've been into video games lately um Probably some. I mean, it's so. I don't want to be like basic. They're probably some Overwatch stuff. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Honestly, Ooh, mommy. I'm watch. like. I'm
0: trying to think of like mommy dom like video game characters. I mean, Mercy. <laughs> yeah. Mercy, hell, yeah.
1: Mercy is definitely one. I definitely. So I love Lucio. I play him a lot. Yes. <laughs> like Boy, I'm gonna break gonna it do down. down. I, have, I have skates too. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm like, and they're, they're roller skates, but I can just take them out and put blades in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm like, I gotta because I wanted to do him at a convention. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to do him at Fanime, mm-hmm. and I was gonna be the obnoxious person with the boom box skating around outside.
0: I'm also imagining how great that is because, like, instead of walking, I mean, I'm sure that you'd have to take more breaks, but like, you can get to booths much faster. So easy.
1: (laughs) So easy.
0: I also wanted to chime in and ask. So, uh,
2: for in case our listeners might not know, uh, what does mommy dom mean?
1: Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't even consider that. Um, So, uh, mommy doms are they're kind of the opposite of. The, like, hardcore, aggressive, you know, I'm going to punish you all the time doms um, that a lot of people think when they think, like, dominants. Um, so they're softer, they're nurturing, they're caring, but still firm. When you do something wrong, you're still going to pay for it, you know? I mean, you're still going to be punished for it. Just, you know, probably done in a, a softer way. <laughs> Softer mm. voice.
0: Cool. Um,
1: and sometimes it can dabble into age play depending it de- you know depending on who's doing it. But uh not always it I think it's more of the approach uh mm. to how you dominate someone. So. That
0: sounds so comforting. <laughs> yeah. The so. like like the still like the they're like punish you softly.
1: Like Yes, oh. punish you. Thank softly. you. <laughs> yeah. Like you're gonna put
2: me in time out, you. but you're gonna give me a list of reasons why and why this is going to help me like in my future. It's not a I'm punishing <laughs> you because I said so. It's yeah. like here is mm-hmm. why I'm molding it's you. Not into an actual up- good parenting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh she said correct parenting. I so <laughs> like, um, said um traumatic like, parenting.
2: Non-tonatic yeah, like parenting. I read all the parenting books before you were born <laughs> yeah, to prepare yeah. me for this moment for robust discipline techniques that won't yeah. scar you as an adult. Wow, wow, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes, love. I, I wanted, I wanted to ask too. So many follow-up questions. This is just flowing really, really well. Um, How much of this – I'm very curious. How much of your mommy-dom persona is influenced by your actual personality and how much of it is like a character
1: or like a cosplay Mm. you put on, you Mm. know? Honestly, I feel like 99% of it is me. Um, I am usually the mom friend of the group. Um, I take on like the maternal role in a lot of my relationships – um and so it, it is me. I've always been that way. Growing up, actually, my friends called me Nana, which is like another way to say grandma. <laughs> um, like when I go back home uh to Michigan, you're like, hey Nana, like, oh my god, I haven't heard that in one time. Um <laughs> so it it's it is me. Um, I think you know, maybe just uh, some of the I yeah, I think very little is is a is a a character honestly um which is is nice because i don't have to i don't feel like i'm faking it or, or forcing it um it is it is me
0: that's awesome i'm like thinking of I'm um, like now that like you you've talked about um like your cost plans i'm like literally thinking about like mommy dom like <laughs> like characters um i don't know if you play genshin impact but okay there's like this character her name's lisa mm. uh, I feel like mommy dom characters in anime are more of like the onesan characters, mm-hmm. so like the older sister type, where it's like, like, ooh, I'm gonna punish you, but like, or like, kind of play around with them, you know, like mm-hmm. type. And They're always like, A-ra-ra. like <laughs> 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 oh my god, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like you, you're just like, ha, like, like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, it's that's like totally right. You can't
0: exact, I mean, or at least for Onesans, like, you can't exactly have them, but they, they make you think that you can have them, like, type mm. of thing. Like, I'm like... <laughs> Noelle, as you were just
2: outlining that just now, the minute you said Big Sister and you started kind of going into that, I was like that those were our characters when we were in ax after hours oh <laughs> we were both stage kittens and my, oh my role God. like we all had a script and everything too my role was like noelle's big sister Oh and- wow. <laughs> wow. that's why we call each other steps in I
0: mean, you know what's really funny is that like i i love how also um amaya was talking about how like you know that's mostly like who you are and <laughs> Like our stage characters, like <laughs> just oh, Dean being like the older sister and me being like the, hmm, like <laughs> I'm like, a brat,
2: oh, a brat, I'm
0: literally brat. a brat. Like it's 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 really funny that, I mean it's mm. easy. It, it was very easy to play on stage <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> because of who we were as people. But oh, speaking of. Uh, <laughs> cosplaying and I mean honestly like a- after hours <laughs> come on Segway. We, Segway we were in body suits and heels so mm-hmm. you know I mean the fact that we even have something like after hours or even like inmate cafe when we have like the heels piece you know mm-hmm. to appeal to that we are cosplaying and we are being seductive mm-hmm. Um, and literally people pay like say for after hours like Separate like a separate ticket for this event to be in this eighteen plus, you know, to to like drink debauchery mm-hmm. and like <laughs> and to see uh you know people cosplay and possibly take their top off, you know, like yeah. Well, no. So there is a demand clearly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I just I kind of wanted to dive in and ask you if you can possibly elaborate and define the cosplay to sex work pipeline
1: i i have just recently put a name to this phenomenon (laughs) um (laughs) via a friend and it's still something honestly that mystifies me like i can i can kind of understand how it happens but it's still like Something I'm trying to pinpoint. So I'd love to get you guys' um, thoughts on it as well. But like we've all seen it, mm-hmm. you know, um, cosplayers that you know on um, in the public sphere just do cosplay. Just like oh, I'm doing this character. I like making garments. And further down the line, it gets looter and looter and looter. And it's like, what, what, what is there? What, what, what is happening? Like why? Why? I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly certainly mystified by it. Um, And to me, I wonder what is it about the fandom, particularly like the anime video game fandom that this, it seems to happen um, in this fandom a lot. Like, why is that? What, what is going on? What is it about the culture that results in this i mean there's nothing wrong with it i love it i mean i love titties um i want to see titties in cosplay um (laughs) (laughs) like please i will subscribe (laughs) yeah but it's i you know i i wonder if there's just something innately sexual that is going on in in the fandom it's it's something that i can't quite pinpoint but i i see it you know
0: mm. everyone does yeah. it i feel like oh no justine sweetheart go for it oh <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: oh do you want to go first no i want you oh later
2: <laughs> later but um yeah i i was definitely mulling this over too so personally disclaimer i haven't necessarily participated with all the cosplay that i've done it's mainly been at conventions for conventions but it's it's definitely something that i was interested explore in exploring and even now i'm interested in exploring it and i'm thinking i'm thinking about all all these different layers and elements for it when you first asked what we thought about it, I was immediately brought back to what you said at the beginning of the podcast, how there was, or what in talking about your experience as a sex worker, there's a demand and it's a source of income and making your own cosplays is not cheap. Mm -mm. So if you, and, and also I'm seeing kind of, while safety is a major concern for uh, people who do, sex work period whether it's what you were talking about earlier escorting or even virtually you mm-hmm. know there's a lot of danger that comes into that as well and there's also a lot of danger that comes with being a cosplayer when you're walking the convention floor you when you're walking the convention floor you know harassment happens mm-hmm. uh, people can try to exploit you you for being in cosplay uh, but I can see maybe some of the appeal of that, aside from income, is that you're in the safety of your own home,
3: Mm
2: -hmm. creating this content.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Not all the time you have to be working with a photographer, necessarily.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And yeah, I also just think that in video game culture, or a huge part of what draws us to the convention culture, what draws us to fandom in general, is the fantasy, and yeah. fantasy is something that is also ingrained into sex and uh, sexuality. You know, there's this whole – People build worlds around their sexual fetishes and mm-hmm. everything like that. So to me, it, it makes complete sense why, why they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah. What about you, Noelle? What do you think? I mean, honestly um... – like say I mean I'm not saying people don't do it, but like if you take like Western cartoons, like code let's like let's like let's say code Kids next door. I mean no, they're definitely kids. Um yes, let's go yes. with uh
2: <laughs> Avatar, they're also kids, never mind. Yeah. Um
0: Western cartoons. Um also I mean but see the thing is that's the difference is that is that say um like what's it called? who who do who we just say were kids avatars so that they're like yeah. pre-teens ish yeah. right mm-hmm. but say like we cross reference it with like um an anime and they're in middle school as well and they're also pre-teens but you can this this girl in the anime can end up being a waifu like someone's waifu mhm
3: mm-hmm.
0: though she's still in middle school so like i i feel like this is more of my take as an American in like a Western culture is that as an American consuming media, um, especially when it comes to animated media, uh, we are just so used to like um, cartoons with a very specific art style, mostly like, like, like the, the body parts are not realistic. Like the body proportions are not like it. We don't exactly like, um, I guess the closest would be, like, Avatar. I mean, which is why I consider it anime, but that's another episode. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, so I feel like because the Japanese, like, anime art style is just always so, like, detailed um, in the way that it's drawn, the boob physics. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have boob physics in Western cartoons. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it's also just the fact that um, – in anime, they do it, it. really ranges in terms of just how explicit these types of, like the way that these bodies are drawn, especially femme-presenting bodies. Mm-hmm. Like, there's literally like you, like their bodies, like they're they're like 16, but like every part of them is glistening. Like, there's like a a Holy glaze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's like a little like like on their thighs. So like, you know, five yeah. fetish, right? Like yeah. uh, like it's not even like ooh showing their ass. It's it's like oh just a tiny bit of their panning and you're like, ah like you know, like it or even in shonen where it's not as explicit than like etchy type of mm-hmm. anime, right? Mm-hmm. Like even in shonen, the whole point is that it is um is that it is to appeal to young boys. And so, therefore, they're going to have what appeals to young boys? Sex. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Right? Period. And so, you're going to have them bodies that are going to jiggle. Like, it won't be maybe as obvious. I mean, there's like, like I said, there's like a a spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. Depending Mm -hmm. on whatever anime. um, But, yeah. So, it's just like there's like that culture behind it and it's literally intentional in when they draw it and when they write it. I mean, when they storyboard it, they storyboarded a a, a shot of a conversation from downwards, like looking up into a girl's skirt mm-hmm. as the shot. And it's a shonen. So like, it's almost as if if you are an avid anime watcher or if you've been watching anime for a while, you kind of become a bit like desensitized and you just get used to like internally like sexually fetishizing these women, girls, femme presenting bodies in anime. And so when you see it cosplayed on a real life flesh girl, you're like, oh shit, this is it. <laughs> No, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh my god, I need it, yeah. So, <laughs> I guess that's kind of like my take is like that there's like literally that entire culture. I mean, also, we talked about fan fiction for a hot sec, and and like Justine said, fantasy and sex go hand in hand, and so we have fan fiction, we have doujin, which is manga for the um audience that doesn't know, it's literally just. Fan drawn manga um, of existing characters mm-hmm. doing things that they want them to do, <laughs> right? And so, etc. It's just pretty yeah. crazy.
1: I I think that also goes into video games as well. True. I, as you're speaking, I was just thinking I grew up playing a lot of um, Dead or Alive, which is a fighting game. Mm-hmm. And I I love that game. I just love, you know, beating people's asses. Um, and, of course, I would always play girl characters. But when I would, like, play against boys, specifically, um, my mom had a boyfriend and his son. He was a lot older than me. He was, like, 16. I was probably, like, 10, 11, 12.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, um, he would pick, if he played a girl, he put her in, like, the skimpiest outfit. -hmm. Um, and like I remember I didn't understand the point of this game. It became such a thing that I don't know if you've ever heard of it or seen it, but Dead or Alive had a beach volleyball video game. Like it wasn't a fighting game, it was completely beach volleyball. Interesting. (laughs) And the whole (laughs) point was just like the the female characters in bikinis, and you could there was literally a function, a zoom function, like a super zoom where you can zoom in on their tits and their butts. And I'm like, what? I'm literally watching him play this. And I'm like, what is the point? Um, I'm like confused. I'm like, we're supposed to be fighting. Like, I don't get it. But that's the fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was my first, uh, like, now that I'm thinking of it, my first, like, look into that whole world I was very confused
0: right you're like but what's the exactly what you said like what's the point
1: mm-hmm. what? like, these are supposed to be like badass bitches like trained in various martial arts with black right. belts and shit and we're you know got them in bikinis like we're jiggling mm-hmm. them now they're just sexual objects now and I'm like mm-hmm. what about their
0: credentials <laughs> What about their credentials?
2: Exactly. Yeah. And as I'm hearing you share, I'm hearing a lot of the I, I'm hearing a lot of references back to what you were saying earlier about how your journey through sex work has been heavily influenced by your desire to uh, take your body back and to kind of take ownership and uh regain the autonomy behind your body and everything. So, I'm curious if you want to share um you are a multi-talented person, a multifaceted person uh who has a lot of identities. So, in which in your involvement with like cosplay, sex work, uh even in like the BDSM scene, even in, in like the exotic dancing scene, uh, uh in which spaces do you feel the most in your element and why?
1: Mm. Mm. That's such a good question. I would say it's probably It's probably a tie between the uh the anime scene and the BDSM scene, which I think are the two biggest communities in my life. Um I've gotten so many friends um through uh, through the anime scene. And it just feels like it feels like I belong there. There's so many crossover. There's so much crossover um, with uh, anime and all of my other identities, which is nice. So it's like, I'm in, uh, I'm in like my anime group, my anime community, but I'm also in like, there's also lots of POC here. There's also lots of queer folk here. There's also fellow sex workers here, you know? So I love that. There's also dancers, you know, there's a lot of crossover there. So I feel really at home there. Um, and Then also with uh, my BDSM fam, I mean, I I could just be me. I can be uh, my dominant self there as well. Um, it's, uh, it's another side of me that I don't always show with my, my anime folk or, you know, I've had a lot of experiences that may intimidate people in the in the anime uh scene but with the bdsm scene like oh yeah i did that too you know were you there i was i was at that party as well you know like it's it's you know it's different but they're both very important to me um you know so i i would say those um for sure um bdsm is is a huge part of my life as well um uh, and I say those two because I'm well for one I'm a new stripper I'm a baby stripper um but also I mean we're we're in 2021 but there's also still not a whole lot of space for like fat strippers plus size strippers thick strippers um I'm a part of a, a strip show like we had to create our own space You know, people wanted it. There was a demand for people to see bodies that look like theirs sexualized seriously. But the clubs were not going to hire dancers that look like me, Uh, dancers that are bigger than me, you know, dancers with stretch marks or cellulite or maybe some like droopier boobs, especially in LA. That's not, that's not, they're not doing it. So we had to create our own space. Um, So it's still... It's still a space that I feel a well, lot, I don't want to say othered in, but kind of, you know, I'm still kind of an outsider. You know, I'm new and I'm also big. I'm also black. <laughs> you know, so there is there's is all of that. Um, so I, I'm not super duper, I don't want to say I'm not super duper comfy because. The, the community has been great. Um, I've been really lucky to be uh, to have been able to do a lot of shows uh, with strippers that I look up to. Um, recently for New Year's, I was in a huge show with literally some of my stripper idols in the same show. And I was like, little old me? That's what? so cool. Um uh, so it's it's been great. The community is really, really supportive. Um, but I do think, you know, there's still some work to be done uh, when it comes to inclusion of different types of bodies on that front, for sure.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that insight. As you were talking, I was kind of brought back to an earlier conversation that we had about the word fat and mm-hmm. how it's a word that you use to self-identify for other people it's kind of been socialized as a very negative word as a very Mm -hmm. derogatory word so I'm curious what does that mean to you how did you come to use that word to self-identify and also uh, please discuss the intersections between your fat identity and your black identity because that's that's something you you kind of brought up just now could you elaborate Mm -hmm. on that a little bit more
1: yeah, of course. Um so I would say for me using the word fat to self-identify is also it's a recent thing. Um but it's again a, a reclaiming of the word. I've been bigger my entire life. Um I've been bullied senselessly because of it. Um and so, you know, fat was always a word that I didn't want to hear, you know. It it was it, there's a lot of pain behind that word. Um, but I want to say recently for the last couple of years, um, doing like thick strip and kind of being a part of the, you know, self-accepting body positive movement, even though there are some negative connotations now to the body positive movement. Um, I've been able to, to kind of unlearn it essentially. Um, be like, hey, yeah, I am fat, and what? You know that doesn't that doesn't mean that I'm bad. That doesn't mean that I'm ugly. That doesn't mean that I am less than. I am just fat. It is just an adjective. Um, and so I think, thanks to, in large part, one of the creators of Thick Strip, uh, Alison Stevenson, she literally describes herself as a fat slut. That that's her brand. I'm a fat slut, fat Jewish slut. And so she <laughs> calls herself. Um, and it's like on everything that she's involved in. And I'm like, I love it. I am like, I want to be like that. So I just I just started using it myself. And it it the more it sounds cliche, but the more I did it, the less it was scary. Mm. Um, and the less that it I felt bad saying that word or it, the less it hurt me so that's been great it's honestly feels like really liberating to be like yeah i'm fat i got a fat ass i got fat thighs you know like, yeah yes, like, hell yeah and what like, you still gonna subscribe to my OnlyFans? so
0: exactly <laughs> precisely period i love that we love reclaiming um what hurts us you know like reclaiming vocabulary mm-hmm. that that has hurt us um and honestly, hearing that from you, like you said, very liberating. Like it sounds so powerful, and yeah. I'm. It's it's so cool to hear how like it's affected you. You know,
1: yeah, um, it's been great. I yeah, did. I mean, you
0: also briefly talked about um, your community and like how you're able to perform with. Um, other strippers and how like you're thankful you were able to perform with other ones. Um, I just wanted to really quickly ask like, how have you built resilience and found community as a sex worker? Because I feel like that's really important.
1: Well, I think it's, it's hard because in LA like I said, there's not too many strippers that look like me these days, and I think I really found community. Um, again, when I joined Thick Strip, um, it was sex workers that looked very much like me, <laughs> um, and so it was nice to just be able to to talk and and feel understood. Um, like my story amongst them was not unique. It was literally the exact same thing that they went through. It's the exact same things that they heard. And so because of that, I felt stronger, you know, I felt like, okay, maybe I can navigate this world. Maybe I can navigate, you know, the the stripper world, the sex work world in this body because they have, Um, which has been really nice. as you know, I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram. You know, if I'm feeling down, they they don't hesitate to reach out. You know, which oh. is which is nice, especially in like 2020. We've all been going through it. You know, mm-hmm. I've been talking to some of my stripper friends I haven't really talked to that much, and you know, it's it's nice to I, we forget how much we're alike sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. And how much we all have similar struggles um and so using social media it's been nice to to remember that and to know that I have a community I have support um I have resources so that's been great and then I think I have like some inner resilience too just from growing up as a fat black girl in the midwest (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know i've been lucky enough to grow a pretty thick skin because of that uh puberty was not my friend Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was a rough time so you know i do have my my down moments um but you know i i I always pick myself back up again amazing thank you so much for that
0: support boys to have and help you pick yourself back up too. Oh, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's been a, a journey learning to ask for that support. <laughs> that's
0: a that's real.
2: That's oh hell yeah, definitely so real. Yeah, I f- um, there's a there's a lot of that, and even though we there are a lot of intersecting identities that we have, we also come from different identities as well. And as I was listening to you, I was hearing a lot of kind of similar and shared struggles, especially with what you said just now. It's it's hard for BIPOC to reach out and ask for help mm-hmm. because we're conditioned to be grateful to even take up space at all. So mm-hmm. in my personal experience as like a queer person of color, I've shrink like shrunk myself in a lot of spaces. And I've been really hesitant to ask for help because I was socialized to believe that doing so is a sign of weakness. Okay. So it's so great to hear like a part of your growth and a part of your brand essentially is reaching out and building that community. And you've mentioned that a way that you do that is through Instagram and through social media. And I kind of want to bring it back to there because I'm curious about how these restrictions on sex workers and sex work on social media platforms has really um, has impacted your work or your community. So we've seen censor, especially now on Instagram, Mm -hmm. uh, even posts about anything that has to remotely do with genitalia, even if it's not sexual, gets flagged. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sex workers are finding it really are being hit especially hard. Um, I'm thinking about Tumblr's censor uh, a couple years ago as well and also even now with tiktok tiktok is censoring a lot of black creators mm-hmm. as well and like a lot of black creators are getting shadow banned so as somebody who intersects who exists at the intersection of black and at, um, as a sex worker how have these restrictions impacted your
1: own work and also your community Oh, it's been so hard. Um, that is a big thing that we're talking about in, in the sex working community. Uh, because with FOSTA, uh Sessa, I believe, um, it oh, it shut down so much of our resources. I remember when it was like first passed, um actually I had a friend who was working on a it was like an escort site. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like back page where you could, you know, put up your ads and safely accept clients. And so I had a friend who worked there, um, and I was getting ready to, to do that. I was like building my brand, working with people, taking photos, you know, doing the thing. Um, I'm like, we're to good out there because I don't feel like doing this nine to five thing anymore. And then it passed and I remember my friend messaging me, like, I just lost my job, like mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Um, and I'm like, yo, what's happening? And it was like a whole thing. That was a couple of years ago. And, you know, we've seen the effects of that continue to affect sex work, like safe sex work. Mm-hmm. Um through Tumblr. I remember back in the day, I was a Tumblr hoe. I used to put provocative (laughs) photos on Tumblr. That was like my safe haven. And then Mm -hmm. they got rid of any adult content. And I was like, well, what's the point of going on there? I remember I was like, I went on Tumblr for like anime and porn. Like... (laughs) Essentially.
0: Essentially. That was it.
1: Like... Uh, and so they took that away from us, and and now fast forward a couple of years, we're in 2021, the age of like ugh, PG Instagram, but like also selective yes. censorship, which uh-huh. pisses me off because even within my own community, I I'll go on my feed and I'll see my thin, white, blonde-haired. Pole instructor who's also a sex worker have a, a photo that's like implied nudity. She's laying on the bed, you know, on her belly. You can see that she's nude, and you can see the crack of her ass. And the pictures there does not get flagged, not at all. But then you'll have one of the coordinators of thick who's a thick, a thicker girl twerking with clothes on, and then that gets flagged oh. and gets taken down. And it's like, what? It's it's very obviously selective it's mm-hmm. very frustrating um, it's making it hard for a lot of us to uh, to grow our businesses to grow our brands because we're getting shadow banned um, even those of us that aren't strippers, you know some of my poll teachers are' just having a hard time growing themselves because of this They're just flagging good old poll videos because it's a poll, you know mm-hmm. like it's it's mind-boggling, it doesn't make any sense. Like sex work is work. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not showing any nip, you know, no lips, you know, is mm-hmm. being shown like why are we being flagged? Mm-hmm. Um why are we being censored? So it's it's been such a hindrance. Um and there's definitely been a lot of call to action, signing various petitions, uh, and and I would urge people if you care about sex workers at all to, to educate yourself. And to so there's a, a new uh, see I cannot remember the name of the word now. There's a new I'm just gonna say law, but I can't bill. I think the bill is the name. There's a new bill um, that. I believe, is going to be looked at soon that would further censor, you know, sex and sexuality on the Internet. Um, so I would highly recommend looking into that, educating yourself into, uh, I believe, the acronym is CISA. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous uh, at this point. I, it's going to become impossible for sex workers to exist on the Internet soon, pretty much. Um, which is absolutely ridiculous. So it's been rough. Yeah. Very rough. I hear you, babe. Thank you
2: so much for sharing and being vulnerable about that. From what you've shared, not only do these legislations feel are are selective but what you said, it feels very targeted as well. Um, Like just examples on TikTok, hate speech is less censored than sex work is. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about how some of your pole instructors are being censored on social media as well, there's a lot of sexuality that's being imposed onto non-sexual things, mm-hmm. you know. Um pole dancing isn't always sexual, but mm-hmm. that sexual sexual part of it, that sexual side of this craft is the one that's being highlighted and emphasized and censored when the things like hate speech that present actual danger are mm-hmm. being let slide. Yeah, I, I can I can hear your frustration and I, I share it.
1: Yeah, it's it's absolutely wild. like I mean, there's nothing wrong with the sexual nature of pole dancing. It mm-hmm. does derive from stripping. But, I mean, it is uh, an aerial art. It is yeah. something that requires athleticism. And right. we, we wear little clothing for function. We mm-hmm. have to right. stick to the pole, you right. know, or else we're going to slide we'll down. Slip and
0: slide everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> How are you supposed to get on the pole?
1: Exactly. <laughs> I feel like that's so,
0: why like, people are like, but they wear nothing. I'm like, how do you think they're sticking on?
2: Do you like, see what where... gymnasts wear? Do you see what figure skaters wear? Hello? Like,
0: Come right. on, like, hello? Like, I honestly, pole dancing is so hard. So hard. I, we just did at AX After Hours when I tried to climb the pole. <laughs> I was like, Ow. (laughs) Yeah. This This is horde. Like, this is not easy. Like, especially people that are bashing pole dancing and being like, oh, they're just not wearing any clothes. You're just dancing on a pole. You try it. You try to do the tricks upside down. Mm -hmm. You try climbing and then sliding and then climbing up again without touching the ground. Hello? So much. Core. Yeah. (laughs)
1: And plus...
2: And plus, like, it being a valid sport does not mean, does not like mark its merit. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, sex workers and pole dancers should be protected and not censored, period. Because right. they're trying to, they're people trying to make a living. Right. You know, they don't need to say, like, oh, this is a legit sport in order right. for it to, like, for their work to be valid. You know what I mean? Right.
1: It's yeah. Like, we're valid. Oh, uh, I mean. why do we have to prove that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what
0: really grinds my gears. Is that um, it's it's a really big like American thing when it mm-hmm. comes to censoring sex. Like when I was living in Germany for um a good four months, like even just within like the common like people like like I felt that femmes were a lot more accepted as being creatures that love sex like mm. like it's okay like oh yeah she slept with that guy and then that guy the next day like that's fine like and also um, like the sex work there uh, There's there are also um, movements I remember even like things on the street um, saying like sex work is work mm. and um I don't know. I just I just feel like – I mean, I'm not completely educated on the situation there. But I just feel like America is just so, like, stuck on preserving its weird, like, roots when it they were, like, pilgrims. Yeah. <laughs> like, how they're always – like, we know these certain groups of people that are always talking about the Constitution and how blah, 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 you know, like, we have to stick to – American values. What are those?
1: What are those? Mm-hmm.
0: Like how there's no what's American food? What is that?
1: Yeah.
0: American culture. What is that? You know, mm-hmm. like like what are you trying to um just force us to abide to? You know, like what mm-hmm. are you trying to like like this is America. It like the whole point is that we are a melting pot, mm-hmm. right? And that we are all different. But for some reason, we keep being like pummeled by like whatever society is telling us this is how we should be as Americans. this is how we should think as Americans These, this is what our ideal should be as Americans. And in this case of what we're talking about, it's like this whole morality, this whole weird like uh this whole weird like um like what is it Dichotomy. Oh. Yeah, or like that too. Like, mm-hmm. like it's just like like this very unclear line of like what's good and what's bad, and like. But the thing is, oh, there's so much hypocrisy in the sense that, like, oh, but you partake in this, you partake in this, mm-hmm. but you don't want this, you know? Like, every it's like very like oh, so you don't want to see strippers on TikTok because your kids on TikTok, but you're gonna go to a strip club. And pay for a shipper. Like, what is? How does yeah. that make sense? You're just picking and choosing what you want when, in the in reality, this is someone's livelihood. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's like you're literally just playing with us. Like you straight up just trying to play us up in here, America.
1: <laughs> yeah. I always like really. It really grinds my gears when people will say like, "Well, what about the kids?" And it's like, listen.
0: They'll be fine.
1: <laughs> They'll be fine. I've been watching porn since I was four. I didn't know what it was back then, of course. I'm just like, oh, they're like, you yeah, know, doing something. They're enjoying it, it looks like. I don't know what's going on. But I feel like people say that because they would rather shield their children from these things as opposed to talking to them about it. Right. You as know? if they're
2: going to counter this in the real in the real world
1: it's, exactly it's like why are you sheltering your child from these things that they're gonna you know encounter anyway and then when they do encounter it in the real life in real life as opposed to the internet they're not gonna know how to interact with it you know how mm-hmm. to take it um and may and because of that they may react badly to it which is like it's not healthy i you know you right. see the same thing with people when they try to like censor queer representation on television like i don't want my kids to see it I have, I have an eight-year-old nephew and my sister she's very progressive and so he'll ask about these things like oh why are these two men kissing like oh they love each other okay like <laughs> mm-hmm. there it is that's it yeah yeah. and and, you know he would be like oh you know she would they would watch like some documentary about like um marriage equality like why can't they get married i don't understand they love each other like it's i it's not that hard it's really not that hard kids will get it you know people don't give kids enough credit Um, and yeah it's gonna take a few extra minutes to sit down with them and Explain some things, but they're gonna get it. They're gonna understand, yeah, and they'll be better for it because of that. So, right? Why? Why are we doing this? Yeah,
2: and this whole you really brought up a great point because there's this whole conversation of oh well I'll tell you when you're older or they're too young to know about this. I think like what the challenge you presented there are definitely ways. To talk, to, to talk about these topics with children that are age appropriate. You know, yeah. yeah. So I totally hear you there. You've given so much insight over the course of this episode and you've got a lot of really good information about the timeliness of sex workers' rights and from your own experience and from your friends and community member's experience. So I would love for you to t- share with our listeners, what are some of the do's and don'ts of interacting with uh, sex workers, for example, whether you're soliciting services or if you want to speak out and like be an advocate and an ally to this community, what are some do's and don'ts to doing that? Of
1: course. So, when soliciting sex work, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest thing: be nice, be kind. We are human beings, uh, and we deserve respect. Speak to us respectfully. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and also I would say when soliciting sex work, first of all, like, you know, do your research, see, you know, what their brand is, what kind of services they offer. um, And then when soliciting, know exactly what you want and express that to them. You know, as much as we love doing our own thing and you know being creative we love 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 when people tell us exactly what they want you know um it makes our lives easier there's no guesswork um and then of course it's going to make you happier because you know it's going to fulfill whatever desires or wants that you are looking for um the other biggest thing do not try to negotiate price uh <laughs> Period. No, no. Oh, that is the biggest thing that I had to deal with throughout my entire sex work career. Is is specifically cis men trying to negotiate pricing. Mm. It it's, so enough, much. it's so annoying. It's like, do you go to a restaurant and be like? Mm, I don't think that quinoa salad is worth fifteen dollars. I'll give you ten dollars for it.
0: This ain't a swap meet,
1: okay? Right? <laughs> don't like, haggle. Like, don't haggle. This is not a swap meet. This is not the flea market. This is not a garage sale. No. <laughs> my price is my price, and if you don't like it, you can go see someone else. Mm-hmm, but period. you're here trying to solicit from me, so you're gonna you're gonna use my price. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's a huge, big thing. I think those are honestly like the biggest things. Um, anything else is like, oh, and if, you know, sex workers, uh, be patient with them as well. Um, they are humans. They go through emotions. If they don't want to do something, one, you don't know what they're going through, um, they could be just going through some some shit at the moment. They don't want to, you know, do that particular service or whatever it is. It's all right. Like they they are humans. Don't insult them for it, you mm. know. That that's another thing. I think that will only put you in a bad position, um, especially if they're, you know, I'm thinking of like soliciting like virtual services in particular. Um I think if you are patient with them, especially during the pandemic and everything that's been going on, it'll only put you um in better favor when they're feeling better. They'll remember they're like, oh yeah, he was nice to me when I was going through this this time. So they'll remember it and you never know what could happen because of that. So just just be nice, be patient. We are people, we are human beings um yeah I think those are the biggest um ones that that come to mind um and as far as being an ally I mean do your research there are so many resources out there um and a lot of sex workers are speaking out very passionately about specifically what's happening with censorship you know Click those links that they're posting, you know, you know, it's so easy, especially on Instagram now with just a little swipe feature. People do their little slides giving you info. Just take those extra two minutes it takes to read that post and get educated on it. Share it with a friend, you know, make a post about it. it. It's not that hard to be an ally to to spread, you know, the education about what's happening, about the oppression of sexuality and, and and sex work on the internet. You know, it's, it's not too difficult. And if you do have questions, if you do, if you are confused, reach out, you know, don't be mad if someone says, I don't want to explain it to you, but like reach out. I feel like a lot of us are very open about talking about it because it is impacting us heavily. Mm. Um, So, I think those are the the biggest things that you can do right now. Sign a petition, donate, Mm -hmm. (laughs) donate as well. Um, You know, little things, little things to help. Call your representative when the time comes. Write that email. You know, y'all know the drill.
3: Shoot.
2: (laughs) Shoot. (laughs) Oh my gosh, thank you so much for that of
3: course okay
1: well, thank you for having to open a forum for me to speak on these things <laughs> oh always. Yes, always
2: you know especially with all the censor happening it's especially important for media outlets like ours to you know provide that platform for folks in sex work for folks in the Mm -hmm. black community for femmes for queer people to be uplifted and that's a cornerstone of our podcast in general we want to be intentional about giving this space giving this airtime to people whose voices and stories otherwise would go unheard without it so yeah that's a cornerstone of our brand and everything so um And on a lighter note, we are actually going to be introducing a fun little interactive element. And Mommy Dama Maya J is going to be guiding us through an important activity slash tutorial. Noelle, do you kind of want to elaborate a little bit? And then Amaya J can take it away.
0: Sure. So as we were talking about our sex workers' do's and don'ts, we, um, in terms of, you know, etiquette and safety. We also wanted to ask Amaya J about the do's and don'ts while well, we do. <laughs> do. <laughs> do the do. So, um, we're just going to have a, a quick little tutorial um, about brushing your teeth. about oral health. Health.
2: Health.
1: Very, very important.
2: The spirit of censor for, like, uh, while we were talking about censor, of sex workers and sexual content. This information is important Mm. and Mm. needs to be disseminated to the Mm. world, but safety (laughs) is the utmost priority. And what safer way than to show you how to maintain oral Health, health,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes. yes. So, this is one of my specialties, honestly. Um, one of the things I'm known for amongst partners, (laughs) um, previous and current. Um, so I thought I'd give a little insight. So, if you do have a toothbrush, (laughs) go ahead and Place it in front of you. I'm not gonna show mine. Uh, you know, you gotta keep some things secret. Um, so if you do have a toothbrush, well, we'll just go ahead and, and get started. I have some notes, so <laughs> I could I could go on. I could honestly teach your class on this. Yes, us. Um.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. No,
0: absolutely not.
1: <laughs> not enough. <laughs> <laughs> So of course we want to get things nice and moist. We don't want a dry toothbrush. No, we don't. Can't get anything done with a dry toothbrush. <laughs> um, so you want to make sure you're nice and in salivating. If um, tip, if you were doing marijuana before the um, the deed, chew some gum to get it going. <laughs> Because you know when you when you chew gum, yes. you, you know your brain thinks you're eating, so you salivate. Chew some gum, oh. take the gum out before you do it. <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> I played that game before; it's not fun. Oh <laughs> <You know? laughs> Uh, you know what? don't want gum no, no, on your toothbrush. No, no gum on toothbrush. No, that's not a cute look. Um, so there's, that's a nice tip for you. You know, get some cotton mouth if it happens. Um, so one thing that I like to do, I like to make sure my uh, toothbrushing partner is looking at me. For I don't know if I'm just an attention whore or what. I prefer them lying down. Um. <laughs> um. And I, I make sure they're looking at me. And I, I start with a wide tongue, and I just like lick the bottom tip part of the toothbrush. Um. <laughs> it's it's that part where the. Shaft and the tip connect. You know what I'm talking about, right? Where yeah. the handle is the bristles. The handle yeah. Yeah. meets I'm the bristles. Visualizing, yes, that part. So I like to look at them. Wide tongue. I can't like make my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> laugh Why? And I will just do a little look, like, "Hey, I'm here. We're starting. Are you there? <laughs> it's time to like, brush. Attention. Wake up." No. <laughs> so I like to do that. Um, and then I'll just like do a couple licks around that that area. Um, uh, and also I'll kind of like make out with a little bit lightly. we're teasing. we're we're waking up, we're getting acquainted. Mm-hmm. we're getting to know each other. like, hey, this is my mouth mm-hmm. How are you today. Um, and do that you know up and down the entire toothbrush just for a little while just to you don't want to give them too much too fast. You know, mm, this, right. is, this is a journey. Mm. It's a marathon um,
0: not to right. or to oral yeah. health. Right. The journey yes. of oral health.
1: Gotta be thorough. Right. Yes. yes, extremely thorough. <laughs> um, and so from after there, it's like, okay, now we can we can get really into it. Um, and so you want to put your entire mouth around the toothbrush. Mm-hmm. But don't go too low yet, you know. Say hi, um, right. you know. See, so we're going, we're going up and down. We're like, hey, I'm here. Hi, um, and then just start going lower slowly. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, yeah, we're doing this S- slowly, it's getting happening. to the
0: back teeth.
1: Yes, the molars, molars. I start
0: from the front and get
1: <laughs> right, right. So it's so it's from the front. Back. Now we're here. Right.
0: Um. <laughs> now I'm going to think that every time I'm brushing my teeth. <laughs> started from the front, now we're here. Um, <laughs>
1: um, and I one thing that I love to do particularly is I think so we're doing there's always that up and down motion. Um, I go down but when I come back up I like to twist my head. Mm. You know, so we're going down cool, dude, mm. dude, nice little sensation. Get that, you know, tongue uh, on different parts of the toothbrush. Right? Yeah. And at this point, it's still like that vacuum. Like there's not much air. Uh-huh. You know, so I like to start off with that. Um, And then as we get lower, I would have a tip for if you would like to um, brush the back parts of your tongue. Uh-huh. Uh, right. That's how you halitosis. Yes, right. thank you. It's very important. So if you are having trouble with that, I have a tip that you can do while you're in the doing the deed. Um, and then also one that you can do in everyday. So when you're in the moment, this is a singer's tip as well. I sing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> That's another go. thing I do. I love it. This is what we do to create resonance in the mouth. So <sighs> You know, when you're brushing your teeth, what is, what is, what is toothbrush hit in the back that makes it uncomfortable? The uvula. Uvula. (laughs) Right. So what we're going to do is move it out the way. Mm. So we could do this right now. Yeah. Yawn. Just yawn or pretend to yawn and then stop in the middle of it. You feel that Mm. space. That's your uvula being raised, your soft palate being raised. Or you can pretend you're being surprised like, oh, my God, Mm. a surprise party for me Oh, your toothbrush for me. (laughs) And it raises the soft palate, right? And now that the soft palate is out of the way, you can go a little deeper. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
0: (laughs) For those just listening, I'm literally just trying it and amazed at what's going
1: on. <laughs> no, biology. Yes, exactly. So it's literally, if you look in the mirror, I have my mirror right here. I can see myself, see my my uvula. Yeah, look in the mirror. Um, move. Just like pretend to be surprised or yawn. It raises. And now while you're doing that, you can go a little deeper. While you're brushing your teeth, yes,
0: amazing,
1: yes. I yeah, I'll gag on
0: my toothbrush ever again, yes, and
1: you can do that while you're you know twice a day brushing your teeth, yeah, right. take your take your toothbrush toothbrush, and just go as far back as you can every day a little bit uh-huh. um until it is uncomfortable, and then one day you'll have a whole thing in your mouth, you're like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> practice makes progress, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's important to also when you're doing that, when you're in the middle of it, to breathe through your nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, takes some, that takes some practice uh, and patience with your partner, uh, because it's not, if you're just doing it for the first time, it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but breathe through your nose mm-hmm. so that you can continue to maintain that space in your mouth so you can do that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, And then I think one of my last tips that I think makes things a little fun. Well, I have a couple more, but I think one thing that makes uh, it a little more fun is usually, like I said, we usually have that vacuum when we're brushing our teeth and we try to not have too much air. Why? Why? So um, we're doing, we're going up and down. And again, on my up, When I'm going back up, I like to suck air in. And you want to intentionally suck air in because when you make that noise, it makes the air cold, which will be like temperature play. So, yeah. So just like make a little space while you're brushing your teeth and you're, you're going up, down, up. And it's just, like, and it does make some noise, which we all know people love. And then you'll get that cold air suddenly, and it's, like, a shock. You're, like, whoa, what was that? Oh, <gasps> Yeah. Right. I mean, like, the mint, it'll go really good with I the was, mint toothpaste. Yeah. yeah I was I, thinking
0: that, too, No, Very Noelle. refreshing. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah like an
0: Altoid.
1: Just all of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's a nice little refresher. Um, so yeah, that, that's one of my, um, that's one of my biggest tips. Uh, and then <laughs> mm-hmm. I think make lots of noise. Uh, oh, oh, another thing. When you get really good at, um, reaching the back of your tongue, start making some noises. Like use your chest voice. Mm-hmm. If you like hum, oh. you can feel oh. some vibration right here. Mm. and so if you do that Mm -hmm. um you know it probably might happen naturally because you're having a good time um they'll be able to feel that vibration a little bit oh yeah so (gasps) it's like it's subtle
2: but it's there yeah it's like you're getting a teeth cleaning at the dentist your whole mouth is
1: vibrating Right. exactly so just you'll make a little noise um yeah, those are some of my biggest tips. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh.
0: My I'm myself like having better oral Health already. Exactly.
2: <laughs> I've learned so much. Thank you for giving us just the tips. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm so proud of you. What?
2: Like okay. we're talking about healthy habits, everyone. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. healthy. It's not the repeat. I'm dead. Oh. In case y'all didn't hear it the first time, well, thank you, you so recommend. much for that so tutorial fun. for all that yes. insight about yeah. oral
1: health. <laughs> health. I'm excited for you know y'all to explore and yes. find out.
0: That's the thing. Is what I love about like even just this is that you know, um, <clears throat> oral health is and stuff like this is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be, it, it is healthy, mm-hmm. you know? And so I feel like it, I'm glad that we're able to, you know, talk about it openly and also laugh about it. And yeah. Like seriously, just be like, you know what? I'm gonna actually do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, yes. like, and have a good time. Period. As you should. Yes. Yes.
2: Deep. Thank you so much for that, Amaya J. And as we're kind of rounding off our interview with you, uh, let us I kind of just wanted you to leave our listeners with uh, what are some miss, myths and misconceptions about your identities or about the work that you do that you just like to put to rest?
1: Mm. Um. I think one thing that I particularly struggle with um when I meet new people and they come across all these new identities, um, especially the sexual aspects, because it is a big part of my life. It is not the only thing in my life. It is not all that I am. You know, like, yes, I am a sex worker, I am a sexual being, I am into BDSM and kink and all of that. But I am, I'm a whole person. I'm also into music and movies and uh, horror stuff, serial killer stuff. You know, I am, that's my jam. Um, I'm into, there's a lot more to me than that. Um, And I think the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes that people make when trying to get to know me is they'll just fixate on the sexual stuff and because Mm. it is a big part of me they'll just they'll just fixate on that and they're also curious um which is fine that's that's natural um but but in turn sometimes it ends up making me feel a little used (laughs) oh i hear you you know or um objectified Mm -hmm. you know because again, yes, as a sex worker, you know, and and as a sexual being, it is a big part of my life, but I get to choose when I want to be sexualized. And so
0: Mm -hmm. when
1: people are always, you know, asking questions or, you know, whatever, asking for pics, um, it, it, it's not It's not a nice feeling. So I, I would recommend people who have like sex workers in their life or kinky people and they're curious, they want to know. Keep that in mind. You know, it's don't underestimate the impact of asking for consent. Like, hey, can I ask you about your sex work? Can I ask you about some BDSM kink stuff?
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: be open to them saying no. I don't want to talk about that right now. You know, as opposed to just going into it because they might not be in the mindset for that right. uh, in that moment. Uh, you know, it's, it's a small thing, but it has a huge impact. Uh, so just be cognizant, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Awesome.
2: I definitely hear you on that too. You know, if that's that's your profession, that's that's your line of work. Like when you go home and you're just trying to break bread with friends or like talk to your partner – you don't always want to talk about work. Like you're Mm -hmm. off the clock, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So I love how you included the fact that consent is something to apply even outside the bedroom. It should be like an ongoing conversation.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: So yeah, thank you so much Maya for sharing everything that you shared. You've honestly brought so much to the table and we're so excited to be here breaking bread with you. And, um, And being able to share, honestly, like, our views on these issues that are, you know, um, persisting to this day regarding sex work, regarding censorship and fat bodies and stigmas. And honestly, just one thing I also forgot to kind of mention is that – the fact that we we did do our dos and don'ts and um, kind of the things you were mentioning, your number one thing, your first thing is be kind. Mm-hmm. The huge thing that like it, it's 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 just sad that that literally has to be said. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. respect me, be kind to me, like and like you said, I am a human being, and yes, sex workers are human beings, fem. Fems are human beings, you know, like, why, why is it that we have to tell you to be nice? Mm -hmm. Like, like, it's, and that just is a testament to how much work needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. And so like Amaya said, there are resources out there, um, possibly in this YouTube description or in this podcast description or in our Instagram description, we will hopefully um, link some, you know, resources for people to be able to educate themselves or be able to donate or sign certain petitions against these bills that are just affecting sex workers, their livelihood, their careers. So if you're interested in that, hopefully you can dive into our social media at Fandom Fems. Mm -hmm. Amaya, if you want to go ahead and plug your socials so that they can find out more about you and find out more about what you do.
1: Yes, yeah, so um, my my, uh, my Twitter, my Instagram, and also my OnlyFans are all the same handle. This is Amaya A M A Y A J. Uh, I forgot how to spell my own
0: name. <laughs> it will definitely be in this podcast description, so yeah, go definitely follow her. And then did you want to make any announcements for your OnlyFans or?
1: Yeah, so um by the time this goes up, my OnlyFans will be live. It is oh. right now it was um depending on my room, but now my room is all working and stuff. Beautiful. Um uh, OnlyFans will be up by the time this goes up. Um I don't know what day this is coming um, out, but um I do do a lot of virtual strip shows. Um mm. most the soonest one will be students. Um day before valentine's day february 13th um so if you want to check out my instagram we'll see where you can get tickets for that and come out and support um that show and that organization thick strip uh which is a great organization i highly recommend you do so and then also just follow me for my other shows that uh i'll be having as well in the future awesome
0: that that's so exciting! I love that. That also your your strip shows is technically on Valentine's Day, which is a day where we yes! celebrate. Yes, yes. So I'm like, yeah! Oh, yeah, all the girls and the gays.
2: Girls yes, the gays. that's it. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was I was trying to do the TikTok song, like do it for the girls and the girls gays. And the gays. Yeah. yeah yes <laughs> i do have a aware. okay cool just checking i just wanted to make sure my joke landed sorry um anyways now that we're wrapping up our episode it's time for our next segment which is get wrecked.
0: <laughs> where we are like- uh... oh sorry go
2: ahead baby no go ahead go ahead go
0: ahead. i like how we like like i like how we've like Normalize that we we normally do like the good 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 good, but we never specify really how many good we do, and so like we're like always like good. I'm like trying to like read your lips like to see when you're gonna say get. So I'm like good 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 good, get right. (laughs) It's organic, in the moment. We're here, we're present, and we're here about to recommend some media to y'all.
2: Yeah. Um Maya Jay, since you are our guest, you want to start us off?
1: Oh sure. Um as we were literally doing the intro, I just thought of a different song that I would to recommend besides the one that I, I had. Ah, oh, they're both so good. Um <laughs> both. You can do it. Okay. Um so the first one, I've definitely been wait, hold on, where is the song? Sorry. So the first one that I recommend is, um, it's called Pressure um, with S.G. Lewis um, and James Vickery. I've been in this really like kind of groovy, chill um, kind of mood. Um, And this is, it's like a house-ish song with a lot of like, Disco vibes, um, which is just, I am all about. Um, and it's it's so, so good. I've been listening to it for the past, like, three days or so, nonstop. I'm sure my neighbors hate me uh, <laughs> <laughs> because of it. Um, and then my other song that I wanted to um, recommend is you may have heard it on social media it's like my like gay fantasy uh theme song right now um it's uh slumber party by ash and uh princess nokia i believe Ooh. it is just literally uh, so gay and so good <laughs> i need to listen to this immediately <laughs> i will i will send it to y'all it's just it's just talking about how I want to sleep with your girlfriend, um, basically. (laughs) And I want to go down on your girlfriend. uh, Wow. Amazing. So, yeah, Slumber Party by Ashniko and Princess Nokia is definitely a vibe, uh, especially since we're in uh, the love season, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh, and that goes perfectly with our oral health lesson because what do you do before your summer party? Always brush your brush teeth. Your teeth. Oh, exactly. Period.
0: Cool. Uh, Noelle, what do you want to recommend for this week? I would like to recommend, wow, Noelle's not recommending an anime? <laughs> Who is she? Um, so lately I've actually not been watching anime which is very strange for all our listeners and anyone who knows me but I've actually have been binging Star Wars Clone Wars the animated uh, series yes <sighs> and um, I'm already on season 4 what so I, you know, I watch like okay so I'm a binger but my partner is not and so he's always like that's it for today and I'm like uh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I would have been done by now, <laughs> mm. but um, honestly, it's it's really great in in the realm of I guess Western cartoons. It's it's um, serialized. So uh, what's was really cool too is that it's not exactly chronological. There are sometimes where there are skips and prequels and mm-hmm. and not in the complete order, but the story you know is still the lore between. Star Wars number two and number three. And I am a prequel baby. I grew up with the prequels. Yeah. I mean, I also watched the actual, you know, four to six, but it's just cool to see it getting expanded. And I had a humongous crush on Queen Amidala. So Padme always serving looks. She's always serving looks. Like in the movie, I was like, Padme. Like, my love of my life. I had a Queen Amadala bike as a child. Oh my that god. That was my first bike with training wheels. It was a purple Queen Amadala bike. And I was like, I'm a badass bitch because I got Queen Amadala on my back. Um, but yes. If you like, we got some badass bitches in that show as well. We have Ahsoka, we have Padme, very independent femmes that can hold their own. Against mm-hmm. droids, mm-hmm. so good writing. It's it. Adults can watch it. Oh yeah, period. yeah, I would I would recommend if you enjoy the Star Wars universe. Dinner. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was really <laughs> at good. the end of every episode, I try I out loud try to time when it goes to like the credits. Because at the end of everyone, it goes, and so like, (laughs) like sometimes my partner, like we're cuddling or something and he can hear, like he could feel me holding my breath because I'm trying to make it exactly to when it goes, (laughs) so that's what I've been doing late uh as of late (laughs) thank you thank you so much for sharing
2: that um i think we have to do a star wars episode down the line because when you said clone wars i'm like oh no because i remember when i was a late teen i also started watching clone wars and i was a very late bloomer when it came to like coming into my sexuality and i just remember during the first couple episodes like Anakin in his very deep voice would talk to Ahsoka like patience young Padawan and I felt my whole body clench and I was <laughs> like what <laughs>
0: I'm like do I do I like this what <laughs> Not the toxic boy. <laughs> so, no. it's, it's just, Your uh,
2: tendencies are showing, young it's, Padawan. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's the Padawan title. I just, oh. anyways. So, segueing, um, my recommendation for the week is can be found on Netflix, and it's the Umbrella Academy. I finished watching season one, and I I really really enjoy it. If you like sci-fi, if you're into things like time travel, if you're into things like I don't know, like complicated sibling relationships. I'm not sure, but it's it's really cool. So it's a, it follows a story of these siblings who were part of a phenomenon where they were all born on the same day and they all have supernatural powers, which is really, really cool. Oh, and cool. I was drawn to it initially because Elliot Page is the star of the show and I've watched Elliot Page in Juno and that was the first movie I saw him in and – after he came out as transgender, they were they were saying that they would continue their role as the protagonist of the show Vanya. So mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm, you know, like I'm interested in seeing where it would go. So I dove in. It's great. It's actually based on a comic that was written by Gerard Way, who's the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. Yes. So my inner emo girl was like, when <laughs> I was a young boy. <laughs>
0: yeah and like
2: music plays a really important role in the show too i've noticed in a lot of things like because i'm also watching kind of cw super superhero shows now i'm noticing that music that's written for the show with lyrics sometimes it can be really basic like if if they're walking down a, a dark alleyway, the music lyrics will literally be like, I'm alone in the dark, something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's too obvious, you know what I mean? But I feel like um music is very intentional in the show. And the the soundtrack just slaps. And there are a couple of songs that are sung by Gerard Way. Mixed in throughout. So if you are also sad, sad emo girl, and you want to take care of that part of yourself, I recommend
0: watching and listening to the soundtrack of Umbrella Academy. Oh, that sounds so awesome! I've I've oh, yeah. I've had that recommended to me so many times. So I for sure know that it's good. Especially now that you recommended it, Justine, because I love you. Um. I love you. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. All for sharing, yo. Get wrecked. We are. I don't even know why <laughs> I'm saying <you> so much. <laughs> 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 loudly, <laughs> loudly, loudly. Okay, sorry. That's, uh, that's my echoing a, earlier. No, <laughs> yeah, that's why. Play loudly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so we were having some technical difficulties at the beginning of this episode, and so for me, I had to test my mic, and I just kept repeating loudly loudly <laughs> to see if there was feedback from the mic because i was able to hear myself and mm-hmm. we'll probably post that blooper honestly yeah i <laughs> you know? was so the minute it started happening i'm just like okay this is going on social media <laughs> <laughs> not me just loudly loudly, loudly. Yeah. my neighbor's just hating every second um but yes, thank you for everything. Thank you, Justine, for uh, the amazing facilitation. <laughs> and your segues are always the best. And thank you most of all to Amaya for mm. being our guest, sitting here with us on a Zoom, <laughs> yeah. and just sharing everything about you and, you know, taking this opportunity to also advocate for you know, sex workers, fat bodies Mm -hmm. for sexuality for your intersections of your identity as a bi POC, as an LGBTQ femme. Mm -hmm. And we really appreciate your vulnerability and just everything that, you know, we're able to share with our listeners. So thank you so much. We really love you and appreciate you. It was also really awesome getting to know you. Yeah, and I hope that we enjoy this continued journey of our friendship. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yes. yes. Thank you so much for having me and and thinking of me for this episode. It, it means a lot. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm
0: glad.
1: This is a so blast.
0: Yeah. I know. Honestly. So we are gonna round it off. Um, I'll start with our our outro. Mm -hmm. so thank you everyone for listening thank you for tuning in be sure to follow Amaya on all of her social media handles uh, keep a lookout for her strip show on February 13th Mm -hmm. and also for her OnlyFans coming out or that has probably already come out Mm -hmm. but go ahead and check that out thank you so much for coming through and hanging with us and remember to be you be free
1: be sexy.
0: Ooh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, bye, everyone. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.